Alright, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Oh my god, I smell shenanigan! I have no idea what's going on, but I am excited! Yeah, baby, yeah! Ever dance with the devil in the pale Inconceivable! Cowabunga! I thought this was a party! It's two Mosques and a podcast. With Eric and Jeff. It's Morphin' Time! Welcome everybody to Two Nerdskis in a Podcast. It's the one show where two nerdskis come together and talk about everything pop culture and entertainment! Yeah! Ay 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 ay! And of course, as always, I'm one of your nerdskis. This is Eric. And this is Jeff. And uh, we are here to talk about Power Rangers all over again. Um, I say all over again because this is not the first time I've talked about this on the show. Um... Lo and behold, the first time I talked about it was with our third guest here. Ladies and gentlemen, he is back from the great white north of Canada. He in- he helped us introduce the Tremors franchise, and he and I spent about two hours on a Saturday special talking about Power Rangers. Here to talk about Power Rangers once again, our friend Josh. Tell uh, Josh, let us know that you're here. Well, hello. Uh, I'm happy to be here once again. I love to do these podcasts with you fellas. Well, yeah, thanks for yeah, thanks for coming back, man. Yeah, it's uh, I'm glad that you're back on the show, and we're here to talk about Power Rangers all over once again. So I'm, um, I'm glad Eric, uh, I'm glad Eric didn't scare you off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised that uh, it took us this long to finally talk about Power Rangers again. So, but um, uh, if you would like to know more about how me and Josh feel about Power Rangers, go ahead and just listen to that two-hour conversation. But Short story, long story short, me and Josh basically have been in love with Power Rangers ever since we were kids, um, and we've grown up with it for ever for our entire lives. And um, Jeff, you're the one who's kind of like I wouldn't say out of the loop, but like you're more of the like basic kind of like I know Power Rangers, but I didn't really follow it kind of guy. Did you want to yeah, kind of so, elaborate on your on your history of Power Rangers? So my background with Power Rangers mostly consisted around the 1995 movie. I watched the shit out of that on VHS, and uh, I did own Turbo uh, also on VHS. But I'm so you, sorry. I, I think yeah, even as a kid, I thought it sucked. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I think I had like one or two VHSs of In Space, uh, and I probably caught like the occasional rerun. Uh, but honestly, after after I was like eight or so, I pretty much had uh, no, uh, yeah, my, my knowledge kind of stopped after that. And yeah, my uh, my experience with this, uh, with our subject for today is quite interesting. Well, yeah, because today we are talking about, I would say, um, I would say, in my opinion, this is the best superhero team up movie of 2017. Looking at you, Justice League. <laughs> well, we can officially yes. say that movie doesn't exist. Yes, we can officially say it doesn't because the Snyder Cut exists. But um, if you want to listen to that show, by the way, just check it out on uh, it's one of our Saturday specials. And we talked about it with Reese. But anyway, so here we are talking about the 2017 reboot of Power Rangers. And um, it's this is it was quite surprising because I mean going into it I mean I didn't really have like I mean as a as a lifelong Power Rangers fan I didn't have like 
huge expectations, but I at least hoped it would at least be Power Rangers enough. I mean, I mean, I remember when the suits were first revealed and I'm like, that's an interesting take. They almost kind of look like Iron Man-esque, Iron Man-esque armor. Um, also very alien-like. Um, very far, very much a far cry from the spandex suits that we all know and love. Um, also, you had Brian Cranston voicing Zordon and you're like, why is Brian Cranston involved in this? And then um, when you realize that Brian Cranston actually did some voices for some of the monsters back in the day, that was actually kind of, uh, that's actually kind of ironic. And also it's, I think Brian Cranston is also one of the namesakes for the characters and that's Billy Cranston. So I'm like, so Brian, so Brian Cranston coming back to voice a major character from the series for this movie is quite a nice loop around. And actually uh, it was nice to see him come back and acknowledge this franchise in his career. Where you, sorry, were you going to say something, uh, Jeff? Uh, oh, yeah. So, uh, well, before I give uh, my expectations going into this, uh, since you guys are more uh, dedicated fans, uh, kind of want to get more in depth on, on your thoughts. So, Eric, you kind of gave us yours. So, Josh, uh, what were your expect expectations going into this movie? Um. I had certain expectations. I was hoping that and that uh, this movie might take a more serious approach because I had seen seasons take themselves seriously, like RPM, Time Force, Lost Galaxy in Space, Lightspeed Rescue, Dino Thunder. These are all seasons that had took themselves very seriously, gave the characters arcs, development, the comedy is good. Like that because the show had evolved so much like that over time, I was thinking the movie has to do this. If they don't, I don't think it's going to work very well. And I thought that if the movie does this and it does it right, then it could lead to a potential franchise. And I think the movie did do it right, but unfortunately it did not lead to a franchise. It, it was a flop, which is unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. Which is, which is the real big tragedy of this, but I mean, we can definitely get into it more. I think it's, yeah, before, I think it's, uh... Oh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, so my expectations going into this, uh, so I, I always heard rumblings that they wanted to do a dark, gritty Power Rangers, and keep in mind, I never even thought about this franchise in at least a decade, and so my pretty much my only, uh, my main interpretation of the franchise is around the movie. And so I just thought that sounds ridiculous. How can you take source material like this and make it grounded in any way, shape or form? Like I, uh, and so when I heard, uh, so, I, but when I saw that short film that, uh, that came out, I think in like 2015, uh, yeah, that, I was going to ask if you had seen yeah, that, that or not. Yeah. That actually kind of, kind of surprised me. Uh, but again, I didn't think it would really translate to a full length feature film. And when, uh, when the suits were first revealed, I I just thought, all right, these look like shitty discount Iron Man suits. And I wasn't sold on the trailers, and they kept plugging that shitty song that, uh, that was... <laughs> I fucking hate that song. Kanye West's uh, song, uh, song uh, Power. Uh, oh, God. And... You're not the only one, Jeff. I just rewatched the movie an hour ago. I don't like that song. <laughs> yeah, no, I just finished it, and I'm just like, oh, so God. I think I might be in the... I fail. think I'm... I think I'm the only one in here who actually, I mean, say what you will about Kanye West, but like, I actually do like some of his music and I'm like, I mean, I was surprised that the song actually made it not just into the trailers, but into the movie itself. And I'm like, 
huh, okay. But I will say there was one other song in there that definitely I was glad that fit into there, but we can definitely get into that more. But uh, yeah, go ahead and continue. Uh, so essentially, I um, I pretty much, so once it was coming out, I didn't really plan on seeing it. But when I heard a couple YouTube critics that I, uh, uh, I believe it was Jeremy Johns and Chris Stuckman actually said, this was pretty good. I thought, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. Uh, maybe this will be, uh, maybe it'll be a little fun. Maybe it'll pass. Uh, it'll pass the time. Uh, and damn, I, uh, coming out of the movie, I'm it, uh, I was not expecting that. <laughs> it's, uh, it's definitely not perfect, but being that I had bottom of the barrel expectations, it, uh, it surprised the hell out of me. Yeah, this is definitely a movie that doesn't get a lot of... I mean, it definitely has its fan base. Even if you're not a hardcore Power Rangers fan, you can definitely appreciate how this movie turned out. And I'd say they did a pretty well job. And so I guess that should... I guess that leads into... I guess it really starts with its cast. And the cast for the movie is actually surprisingly really good. I mean, so a little bit of background about Power Rangers. So... The basis was is you get five teenagers with attitude to become the Power Rangers. And um, if you ever watch the 19, if you ever watch the original Mighty Morphin series, um, all the Power Rangers are some of the most. <laughs> wow. Two dimensional goody two shoes I've ever seen. And um, in recent years, obviously, they've definitely made the characters more fleshed out, actually giving them more uh, depth and dimension. They're not just goody two shoes they actually have some some of them are actual anti-heroes some of them actually have uh tragic backstories and some of them have like really good um really good arcs and so i was really glad to see that they actually made the teenagers in this movie far more um far more uh teenagers with attitude very much fitting that trope and so Let's start with the Rangers themselves. Of course, you've got uh, Doc Ray Montgomery as Jason Scott, the the Red Lane, the Red Ranger, and the leader of the Rangers. Um, I like how. I by the way, I like how each of them are very flawed. And so, Jason, he was the star quarterback of Angel Grove High School's football team, and then he did a prank. He did a prank with a horse. No, it was a cow. And then apparently, there's some. Uh, there's some joking about milking the cow in there, if I recall. I'm like, okay, they're going there. Um, you have Naomi Scott as Kimberly Kimberly Hart, and um, actually, it's funny. Um, I did some re I did I saw an article uh, with Naomi Scott talking about the movie, and I think she was also talking about this TV show called called Terra Nova. And I'm like, Jeff, didn't you watch that show at one point? And you actually texted me. Oh yeah, that's right. I knew she looked so familiar when I first saw her cast in the sh in the movie. By the way, and, uh, up, by the way, Terranova was was one of the most disappointing shows of my life. Ah, uh, good to know. <laughs> I fucking hate that uh, show. <laughs> so yeah, so Kimberly is. Uh, she was once one of the popular girls, and then she, I guess I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. I, and I've seen the movie too, but I think I think she just. I, I think it had something to do with. Uh, bullying this girl and uh, as a result she got ostracized from the group and so she became far more rebellious you have billy cranston played by rj i think is it kyler or siler i think and it's siler siler okay and so he's he's very much the heart and soul of the team he's very highly intelligent and he's also on the autistic spectrum or the autism spectrum 
What I like is that he just mentions he's on the autism spectrum. They could have they could have easily done the Hollywood thing and and basically played upon it, but no, they do it in a way where um, very much it's it's a part of his character, but they don't like overplay it. It's very natural for they him. They could have. I I think uh, when you're depicting something like autism, uh, you could do you can do it in a way that's organically woven in like this movie and you can portray it very poorly, like in the predator, for example. Oh yeah. Oh, don't get me started <laughs> on that movie. <laughs> what a piece of shit that movie was. Um, movie. And then you, you have Zach who is, who kind of comes off as a tough guy, but that's because he's, he's hiding his, he's hiding the fact that, you know, he has to be, he has to be strong and look tough because um, he's trying to care for his sick mother. And then you have Trini. Well, and that's play. And Zach's played by Ludi Lin. And we just talked about Ludi Lin in Mortal Kombat. And uh, we think he was, even though he didn't get enough character development, he, we did think he was a good, uh, a good, um, he was good in the movie. Let's put it that way. And then you have Becky G uh, playing uh, Trini, who is, uh, She's new in town. She's kind of just trying to figure out herself. And you learn that she's um, I here's something I wanted to mention real quick. And so we mentioned Billy, you know, they could have easily overplayed on the autism spectrum part of his character here with Trini. Uh, so before Marvel did it and before uh, DC did it with their movies and television shows, Power Rangers, the 2017 reboot, I think is the first superhero project at least for a movie or television show to introduce an LGBTQ hero. And that is this version's this movie's version of Trini, but they, and again, much like uh, Billy, they don't really harbor, uh, you know, hover, hover over that much. Um, it's, it's just, she's, she just has a uh, girl problems as uh, Zach puts it. And they don't really make it a huge part of her character. She's just this, top she's just this girl who's just trying to figure out herself and um she ends up becoming like the arch nemesis to elizabeth banks this is a uh, reader repulsa but uh we'll get to her too so but... uh, you mind if i uh, chime in real quick yeah no no go ahead yeah so i i did uh, kind of want to go off on what you were saying uh so i think i think it's uh pretty obvious that hollywood tends to uh not be very subtle with certain elements of messaging that uh, and often it can compromise the overall storytelling. They uh, Hollywood obviously wants to branch out in terms of representation, which I'm absolutely for. But the problem is, is that, like I just said, it's at the expense of compromising the narrative, and it feels awkwardly forced in, and it doesn't feel uh, doesn't feel like it or it's organically woven into the narrative. And I feel that this movie is has been one of the best examples I've seen of it. Because, because for one, uh, Billy's portrayal of being autistic, it's done respectfully. It's done in a way where he's, uh, or, or like you said, he's he's the heart of the team, and it's you know like he it's never you know like his uh, uh, you know his disability is never uh, taken at his at his own expense. He's he's always seen as uh, as an equal part of the group and uh, Trini being uh, being gay. It's uh, I love how they, how they reveal it, how it's during that uh, we'll, we'll get to that campfire scene 
because uh, I, I do think that that's probably the best scene in the movie. I agree. Where uh, you know it's uh it's not it's not shoved it's not shoved in your face. It's done very subtle. Uh, just the it, it's not even she doesn't even say it outright. She just you just know through her body language and the look on her face. And I think that's so much more powerful than just giving a lecture on it. You know, it, uh, and I think that is, um, yeah. So in, in terms of, uh, serving representation, I think that, uh, more, more movies should kind of take note of, of how, of how this, this movie portrayed it. Well, I would say, you know, it, it, you everyone thinks that Trini is gay, but it's actually never really explicitly stated that she's gay. It just says girl problem. I mean, it sounds like boy problems and girl problems. I mean, it's very possible that Trini in this version is just Bisexual. she's just trying to figure herself out. She does so. It's very possible that she could be either bi, pansexual, anything like that. But I, I think it's it's well, it's not really explicitly well, stated well, and maybe i do we'll, like that it's never explicitly stated well maybe we'll find it in the sequel oh wait oh wait yeah <laughs> yeah we'll get to that. what the fuck <laughs> but anyways going back to the characters um but so yeah those are our rangers and i think you know what um and we'll get back we'll definitely get back to more of the rangers but i wanted to touch upon some of the other cast members but um so we mentioned Brian Cranston as Zordon. Uh, Zordon in the original series was this wise old sage stuck in a tube, just like Rangers. You've done a great job. You you uh, do great with your team, and uh, you you are an excellent team. May the power protect you. Zordon's like a dick in this movie. He kind of is, and I think that's. I mean, because uh, based off what I've known of Zordon, he 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 just seemed like floating head guy who summoned the rangers to go on missions and shit but here there's at least there's actual there's an actual character behind him and the way that he actually has his own debatably selfish motivation to take advantage of the rangers so that he could so that he could come back in a physical form uh so and so i think that creates an interesting uh interesting dynamic between zordon and jason uh, the mm. fact that there's actually there's actually conflict between them, and it's a, it's little moments like that that give all these characters that little extra layer of depth that this movie could have easily overshadowed, and mm. I was and I was expecting it to. Yeah, but... and I appreciated how they made them get their powers and everything. And I don't like Zordon was the original Red Ranger millions of years ago. I liked how they did that, and I liked how they said. And like uh, he didn't just pick anyone at random. He didn't pick anyone to be these rangers. They were like buried for a long time, and then they found the coins, and then they just stumble upon the command center by accident. And like, wait a minute, these are the guys that are supposed to be the next team. Like he didn't just pick random people. Yeah, no, it's it. I like that idea of like, um, I mean, but it's actually happened in previous iterations of Power Rangers where like the Power Rangers don't choose to become Power Rangers. I mean, they do ultimately in the end, but the power sometimes chooses or at least the morphing grid chooses which Ranger who who are to become new Rangers. And so like, what, you mean so like, like the power coin. No, no, what was that? Yeah, it mean, you mean it chooses characters like Troy? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Who anyone who's ever seen Power Rangers Mega Force, I'm so sorry. Um, 
<laughs> that is not a good series. That is a horrible anniversary series. Um, you've heard me talk about that at length probably quite a bit in the Power Ranger special, but yeah, fuck Megaforce. Um, <laughs> not a single redeeming factor in that one, not even when all the classic Rangers show up, but um, he, yeah, I like how the, I like how the coins kind of like choose who uh, the Rangers are going, who the, who are going to be the new Rangers. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, I think it's kind of like how like a green lantern ring chooses a new ring bearer because it senses that, uh, like say for the green lanterns, oh. they can, sh- they can tell that the green Lan- that the new bear has enough, has a very strong willpower and therefore they're able to wield a green lantern ring. Um, you've, if you have enough avarice or greed, you can become an orange lantern. You have enough love, you become part of the Sa- star Sapphire core. That's sort of stuff. So, or, and, and in this case of power, um, I think you can become part of the Sin- no. If you, have, if you have enough fear, you can become part of the Sinestro Corps. Oh, yeah. But um, yeah, it's very much. It's very much. That's how they approach it, and I, yeah. I like that angle. And also, uh, apparently, if you be- apparently, uh, it does take one aspect from I, I'd say the Disney era of Power Rangers. So, so in the Disney era, a lot of the Power Rangers have what's called civilian powers. So in the original. In the original era of Power Rangers, they were just highly skilled martial artists, apparently, and they have other sets of skills. But apparently, here they actually have powers, and they carry it on here in this movie. But it's not overplayed. Like it's, you just get that, like uh, Billy gets punched in the face, but he doesn't feel anything. And then the guy tries to headbutt him, and then that guy who just headbutted him just falls to the ground, just like what the oh. <laughs> Um, oh, and I love that one. What is it? I think one of those bullies or whatever that is sends the pink ranger a poop emoji and she's just like, <laughs> yeah, she just crushes her phone. Um, am I, am yeah, I, the, am I, am I the only one who got major chronicle vibes during, uh, uh, during that first scene where they're, uh, where they're kind of discovering their, uh, no, their, their I would, I would actually agree with you on that now, when I they're discovering the, their powers. The writer of that movie was actually going to be one of the original screenwriters to this movie. So that's, that was probably on purpose. Interesting. Yeah. That would make sense. Yeah, because it def. I mean, it definitely. Because I remember when the trailers came out, and you're like, "This feels like watching like Chronicle almost." Yeah, like it, the trailers. It, it's like a combination of Breakfast Club and Chronicle Breakfast meets Club, Power yes. Rangers. Mm. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, but and then you were just thinking, like, how is this going to play out? And then luckily, luckily the way it plays out, it's nothing like Chronicle. Well, kind of like Chronicle, but it definitely you can definitely see more Power Ranger s things show up. Uh, eventually um by the way so one of the characters is alpha five they brought back alpha five and i love that it's bill Hader voicing alpha five because um alpha five of course is is the robot helper of zordon and the power rangers and he's just like ay 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 zordon what are we going to do oh my gosh here bill Hader, like they perfect casting bill Hader was just able to turn i was like well power rangers here's how it goes see who are you are you all teenagers okay perfect uh we've been stuck down here for uh Let's see. Dun, 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 dun. What's today? Dun, dun. Oh, 65 million years. We've done been stuck down here for 55, 65 million years. We have uh, 11 months. No, scratch that. 11 days until Rita shows up and we're all doomed. Okay. Oh, yeah, go, 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 Rangers, go. I love how self-referential they make, Alpha. Like, do you see we're busting our asses here? Yes, I see you busting your ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said, Bill Hader was perfect casting for this movie. And... Um, <laughs> And uh, so one of the, and then of course you have Elizabeth Banks playing Rita Repulsa. Oh um, boy. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, so I take it. I, I guess I kind of go. I guess I can kind of guess where Jeff is going with his with how Elizabeth, he feels about Rita. Elizabeth Banks is chewing the fuck out of the scenery, and it's okay, it's, it's that kind of direction. It's pretty, it's pretty fantastic to watch. Actually, <laughs> it seems uh, it seems like she's kind of embracing more of the silliness of the original show, while the other like while all the other cast members are actually trying to take it more grounded and seriously. But she she's just like it's fucking Power Rangers. <laughs> I'm going to chew the fuck out of the scenery. <laughs> and she she is fun to watch and I I will admit the uh she is legitimately intimidating uh during her her first couple of scenes uh especially when she's the uh when she's just the when she's like this still decayed corpse that's barely alive and she's uh still trying to get those small pieces of gold like the way that she kills that homeless dude. Uh, and also kills that cop. It's and, almost like uh, a horror movie in those. Yeah, scenes. yeah. I, I was gonna say, uh, and I, I think that kind of ties into my theory on why this movie failed. But we'll we'll, we'll get to that later. Yeah, and I also uh, like in this interpretation, they made her the Green Ranger. Like, that's good. I feel like when Tommy Oliver becomes green, this makes more sense than her just having a random coin for no reason. Oh yeah, boy, because in the original wait, series. Tommy Oliver in the next movie. Oh, oh wait. no, yeah. What the fuck, Lionsgate? Or actually, what the I, I, yeah, I, actually it is what the fuck, Lionsgate. Also, fuck you, Beauty and the Beast, because it came out, I think it came out like the week prior. I think so. I, I think yeah, so, not too. Not just that movie. They also had Wolverine and Kong Skull Island. They doomed this movie yeah, from the start. Oh, that was, yeah, that was a tough, that was a tough lineup going up against Logan and uh, Kong Skull Island. Oh, man. Yeah, the, yeah, this movie... Oh yeah, I've uh, this movie I've, was fucked from the beginning. Yeah, I've I've other theories, but yeah, we'll again we'll, we'll get to that a little later. So, um, basically, the plot is essentially you know all these essentially essentially the the teenagers they're all in detention for all their various things, um, and then at one point, so like because of uh, Jason's prank, he has to wear a, a, a he has to wear an ankle bracelet, but uh, Billy does some tinkering and he's like, oh, we're just gonna we're just gonna. Uh, tinkle with this here and he he takes him out to i guess it's an old mine or whatnot because he wants to because billy is like looking for shit and that's how they be, how that's how they find the power coins uh kimberly is out skinny dipping i guess and i i just remember so me and all three of us here are all part of the same discord group and i the one gift that i usually see quite a bit is naomi scott taking off her shirt <laughs> from the movie and i'm just thinking uh yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> um but yeah she's skinny dipping and it kind of makes jason a little bit awkward uh, a little uncomfortable it's like especially oh when it's morphin the- time all right <laughs> damn it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah she she goes she goes she jumps into the water for a, a little night swim and jason's like kind of terrified that she's okay and then she he turns around and she's there she's like oh thank god you're okay um and then like i guess trini's there and zach's all there they're all the whatever they're just hanging out but um yeah i think and then they find they find the coins the yeah they find the coins near the mines and then when they find the coins they find themselves back in their rooms and they they're they're like how the fuck did they get there movie magic i guess i don't know maybe and it's tele- maybe the coins teleported them out of harm's way i don't know i don't know um, but i love how they but do they, that. I mean, the train just rams them but they're fine because you know yeah now Mm-hmm. And then they're trying to figure out their powers. They're trying to figure out why they're doing this, why, why the coins are doing this to them. Um, yeah, actually, it's it's interesting. The coins. Do you remember that scene um, where they're in the lunchroom and um, 
they put the coin on like I guess the counter and the coin actually is so powerful and heated up that actually melts through the counter I'm like i guess that's how powerful the coins are okay oh. i really um, want i really want someone to splice that lunchroom scene with the lunchroom scene from spider-man <laughs> i thought you were gonna say watchman that would have been great <laughs> uh side note i think watchman is one of zack snyder's better movies um, I saw, I saw anyways Really? Okay, uh, so we're going to do a future episode on Watchmen then, because I'm really curious to see what you think about that movie. Um, yeah, but anyways. Yeah. Theatrical or extended cut? Um, we'll get to, uh, we'll figure that out. But All anyways, right. so they decide they're going to go back to the mine to try and figure out. And so they find themselves underwater, and then they come across the command center. Um, actually, it's kind of, it, it's interesting. It's a field, uh, it's a force field covering um, the command center, and and it's of course it's underground and underwater and so um and i guess gravity works there really differently and so that's how they encounter alpha um because it kind of reminded me of the the weird logic from godzilla versus kong with the hollow earth (laughs) (laughs) it actually does I love the humor too like i think uh, they jump to the other side of the cliff and then they say uh you have this billy uh no i don't (laughs) <laughs> i love billy in this because he is he gets the best lines in this movie oh yeah billy is probably actually it's, who do we actually think is the best ranger actor in this movie is it billy is it is it rj seiler or i think they're all good but i think he just kind of steals the show yeah i i would say rj seiler really does like does really kill it in this movie okay it's, okay so it's pretty it sounds like it's pretty unanimous that because, it's gonna be billy because honestly like i think uh because again, I I was shocked that I came to that conclusion, uh, being uh, especially with my expectations going in into this movie. I like all of them. I felt like they all had a. Uh, I really do like how all the characters or all, all the Rangers. I mean, they all have their own established uh, set of problems, and they all feel like realistic. actual teenagers. Yeah, no, they actually feel like realistic scenarios that young adults would experience and it's uh and so i and honestly i just like seeing these if uh if this wasn't a power rangers movie i would just like seeing these characters interact in just a standard drama because i they also have just like really excellent chemistry as a team yes they they, they really do and 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 we'll we'll again talk about uh how shitty was it's not getting a sequel because I feel like it was kind of lightning in a bottle casting that everyone meshed together so well. And, and I felt like, I felt like it was a genuine dynamic between everyone. And actually mm-hmm. I, think, I think it was a uh, Ludi Lynn uh, posted on Instagram a few weeks ago, uh, just saying like, Hey, it's been, it's been like four years, uh, four years since the movie. And I, like, I, I missed these guys and just posted a picture with him in the cast. I'm like, damn it. You know, what's funny. Cause I know the post you're talking about, Becky G actually commented on that post and she was like, I love, I miss you too. And I'm like, oh, oh, these guys, these guys still keep in touch. Fuck. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I so I cast feel like a family now. So yeah. I, 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 w- I will say like, I've, I've heard, uh, I'm probably jumping a little ahead, but it, it kind of feels like a good way to segue. So I heard that the reboot that they want to do is going to be like some kind of time travel. Back yeah. Like, so the idea is that, the idea is that it'll start in the present day and then essentially it's going to become a 90s movie via time travel. So, so I mean, which I'm like, 
Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. I mean, I, I was going to say, like, if, if they wanted to go crazy with it, I'd say just uh, just like implement a bunch of uh, different eras of, of Rangers in there. Uh, you know, like uh, take on like updated costume interpretations from different uh, from different eras of, of the show. And uh, and I'd say just fuck it. Give uh, give the 2017 cast a cameo. Like just kind of like a Power Rangers multiverse. Yeah, just to like like kind of because I feel like that that would win everyone over in a way. Mm-hmm. Just to like what Marvel look like they're doing with the multiverse, where this is our new thing, but there's still actors out there from different universes, like Alfred Molina coming back in No Way Home, sort of a thing. Yeah, sounds yeah, about right. Yeah, exactly. And and just to in a way, dude, just to kind of uh, you know uh, you know the the people that are uh, that are fans of of this movie, just to kind of. Kind of give a little closure right there, because it because it was obvious that this movie was setting up a, a saga, like at least because I think there were what like six movies in total planned. Oh geez, yeah. and the fact that this movie just bombed at the box office. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> and, 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 I, and I'm not gonna lie, uh, towards the end when uh, is it is it uh, how do you pronounce his name? Uh, Red Ranger is it? Uh, Dar- oh, Doc Ray. I think Do- it's Doc Ray. I, I thought Doc it was Ray, Baker. Yeah, yeah I. I, I even thought it was like Darcy or something. I was like, hey, could, it, could that be a boy's name? I don't fucking know. Uh, yeah. So the moment he uh, uh, towards the end when he just uh, when he puts the sword back uh, and says to Zordon, "I'll come back for it," it kind of made me sad. I'm just like, fuck, man. Oh, uh, yeah. I know. I hate that. I mean, I'm glad for the cast. I mean, Dacre Montgomery went to be in Stranger Things, which he was really good in. And now between this movie and that, I think he'd make a good Johnny Storm for the Marvel Universe's The Human Torch. Would be interesting to see where he goes from there. And no, because he, um, yeah, he, he's honestly, I, I think he's one of the, I, I think he's like one of the best young actors out there right now. Well, I mean, the entire cast is really great. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, yeah, everyone's fantastic. Na- I mean, Naomi Scott is probably the one who has advanced further in her career yeah, the I mean, most. I mean, she went on to play Jazz Princess Jasmine in the Aladdin remake. Um, I know, I know she's done some other great work as well. Uh, Becky G is this major uh, pop star, lat- like Latin pop star right now. Um, RJ, I haven't seen too much from RJ Kyler, uh, Siler except from like maybe this one Netflix movie. And of course, Ludi Lin. Right now, he's in the new Mortal Kombat movie as the new Liu Kang. And uh, I remember when me and Jeff recorded that one, we were just like, dude, he got fucking ripped. Like, Bruce Lee ripped for that movie. <laughs> because he fucking did, man. I was like, Yeah, he fucking did. Apparently, I think he's... I, I think he... I don't know if he's either vegan or vegetarian, but dude, he got ripped good. Like, oh, damn, shit. son. I just realized that RJ Siler was born two days before me. Oh, really? <laughs> in uh, <laughs> like. like let alone the same year really so he's he's only like two days older than you only two days older than me that's pretty fucking incredible hell yeah man uh okay all right so anyway so so anyway so the rangers um they they meet zordon zordon tells them like look rita's coming and you have to all become rangers and so like step on these little platforms here be connected to the morphing grid become power rangers they do not morph and so and I actually like this angle. So I like how they actually have to earn earn the the power to become Power Rangers. And so they have to learn to work as a team. They learn how to fight together as a team. They learn martial arts together as a team. Um, they learn how to fight the 
virtual versions of the putties. By the way, the putties are not uh, just men in span, just like guys in gray spandex suits. They're just, they're I actually mean, giant you, CGI you cola monsters. Million dollar budget, I would hope not. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know. I kind of would have, I kind of would have expected the putties to look uh, not like that, but okay. But um, anyway, but anyways, um, yeah, they learned to, they weren't, they learned to work better as a team. Um, at one point, um, Zach takes the Mastodon Zord out for a ride uh, without the without the other Rangers uh, permission or whatnot. And so he and Jason get into a fight. And then you really see Billy um, really shine as the example of why he's the heart and soul. And so he when he tears them up, like when he breaks their fight up, he act, you actually see him morphed. He's the first. Yeah, he's the first Ranger to morph for the first time in the movie. And then when he tries to morph again, he can't. And so. Um, yeah, Zordon gets really frustrated with their progress. And, um, meanwhile, uh, so outside, outside of their training, they're all like starting to learn and bond with each other. There's a really nice moment between Trini and Kimberly at a Krispy Kreme donut of all places. <laughs> like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into Krispy Kreme <laughs> to the Krispy Kreme. <laughs> it's in a special place. It's a very special place. <laughs> Yeah, I like how Billy's doing some research, like because apparently they're look. There's a thing called they're looking for the Zeo Crystal, and so if you know Power Rangers canon, the Zeo Crystal is this very ancient like uh, crystal that powers that eventually becomes a source of power for the next generation of Power Rangers called uh, Power Rangers Zeo. Which so that's like the fourth season of Power Rangers. It finally trans. It finally uh, transitions from Mighty Morphin to a new set of powers and new set of costume or suits in general. Um, and, and, but so, yeah, they're just so frustrated. They're really trying to figure out each other. And so now we get to what we think is probably the best scene. Most. Yeah. It is the best scene in the movie, that campfire sequence. And I, I I've said it before. That, I, I will say like at that point, uh, when I was seeing this movie, movie for the first time, I, I found myself getting, uh, getting pretty invested, but that campfire scene kind of solidified to me like, okay, this, this is actually a good movie. Uh huh. And I and I totally agree with you on that front because like because you really get to see them bond like they really they get to share their insecurities and like and they learn to trust each other more. And this is so this is a scene where Zach kind of figures out that Trini has some issues with her sexuality. Um, Kimberly is a little reluctant to reveal more about herself, um, uh, but we can go into more of that later. Know what I am. Um, yeah, Jason already kind of admits that he's a screw up that, um, he admits that he's like, cause like, yeah, he, he went from like the star core, the former star quarterback of Andrew Grove high school. Um, but now he's just kind of this screw up, um, and his fault. And so everyone looks at him very differently. Um, but yeah, Josh, what did you think about the campfire sequence? Oh, I'm with you guys. It's actually my favorite scene in the movie. I think I just love everything the characters do. Like. Zach's backstory about his sick mom, uh, Trini's sexuality. I love how subtle that all that hint is because when she when he first does that scene, he's like, "Boyfriend troubles? Yeah, boyfriend troubles, girlfriend troubles." I love how subtle that is because when they first did it, I thought, "Are they saying she's bisexual?" And then and then they don't do it. Like, I don't get it, but I like how subtle they do it. That's good. And then Billy and his dad, he used to go up to the mines with him, so that's why he went up to the mines again. And then I liked how they saved it for Kimberly and Jason because we already saw Jason's thing at the start of the movie. And for Kimberly's, they saved it later. So that that does lead to the scene. That does lead to the scene where Kimberly 
uh, comes to Jason's room, like during the middle of the night or whatnot. And uh, she reveals, she thinks she's the reason why the team can't morph together as a team. And so she reveals like, like she bullied someone and um, like someone from her old clique. And as a result, and she didn't even, mean she to feels bully very person, guilty about it. Did. What was that, Josh? And she didn't mean to bully the person, but she did. I think the person showed her a picture of something. She mm. wasn't, and then she said, "I'm trusting you with this." And then when she showed it to a friend of hers, he spread it around the whole school. He didn't, yeah. didn't mean to actually bully this person, but she did. Mm-hmm. And so this this actually leads to. I'm glad they didn't do this in the actual movie, but there is. If you guys remember one of the first trailers, it's this is the scene where Kimberly and Jason kiss. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about that. I mean, as a Power Rangers fan, a lot of us were pissed off. Oh, um, not me as much, maybe because you could, I, you could definitely see maybe a romance built between the two of them. And then if they had pursued sequels, uh, the arrival of Tommy definitely would have complicated things because historically speaking, uh, Tommy is meant to be Kimberly's boyfriend. Um, and so that was, that would have been interesting. That would have been an interesting, interesting approach. I mean, so I'm not completely pissed off by it, but I would have liked if that was in the movie. At least that mm-hmm. would have been technically been the second on screen kiss ever. And I say second because <laughs> well, I mean, they got cheated a lot. Well, like I feel like um, you know, like uh, I feel like a romance is subtly blooming between them, and I feel like a kiss at that moment probably would have uh, would have felt like just a little too forced. But I like uh, I like uh, kind of in the middle of the climax when Goldar is pushing them all in into the pit and they just kind of uh, uh, Jason and Kimberly just look at each other through uh, uh, through the windows of their zords. And, you know, they, they just kind of like look like they're reaching for each other. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I feel like, I feel like, uh, you know, that moment over a kiss was, was a lot more uh, impactful. I would, I would agree with that too. Cause I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. as much as I would like, as much as we'd like to see another kiss happen in power Rangers, this is probably, Sometimes a kiss isn't the best way to solidify a good relationship. It's just the way some people look at each other and just their body language. That really says more than an actual physical. True, uh, true it does. Like consummation, I guess, if that makes any true, sense. True, it does. God damn it, Jeff. Sorry. It's true. I guess I just tend to get a little annoyed that they cut that too because they do that shit a little too much. I mean, you and I know what we're saying because... There have been a yeah. lot of Power Ranger couples where we wanted this to happen, and then they don't do it. So yeah, I fucking time for us. What the fuck, Jen and Wes? <laughs> I don't yeah, know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, no, I know. I know. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, me and Josh are just here talking about the actual show, and just was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like, like, all right, I'm checking my email. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so like, this is where like this is where the new re- this is where the big resolution comes in. So, um, so. Uh, Billy gets some information on no 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 so for whatever reason Rita targets Trini and so she comes to her in her dreams or her or like physically and just torments her and then um, Trini lets him know and they go try they try to encounter they try to confront Rita at like the at that at the docks and she just swiftly kicks their asses um, and this is what I like too this is another part this is another part of the chemistry I really love is that Despite not having any powers, the team decide, fuck it, we're Power Rangers, even if we can't morph. We have to go do this because this is the right thing to do. And even though they get their asses kicked, it's a val it's a uh, it's a very um it's a very valiant valiant val fuck, I can't say that word. God damn it. Valiant effort. 
by love, the Rangers. And I love. So, how and brave, I, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Josh. And I love how brave training is when like Rita's in a room and all like. I've killed the yellow before in the trailer. It was like, I've killed Rangers before, but I love how calm training is in that whole scene. Like any, anyone who's not a power ranger would freak the fuck out, but she's, she's not scared, nerd or intimidated by her in the slightest. Oh yeah. I I agree. And uh, I I will say also the, uh, the moment that they, uh, uh, that they all agreed to, uh, to go confront Rita without their, without their suits uh, I feel like that's the that's the moment when they all officially come together. You know, like uh, the campfire scene was uh, was like uh, that, that was like sort of like the uh, one of the final building blocks. But then it was that moment when they all had to face the reality of the situation and say whatever shit we whatever beef we had between each other. We got to put that aside right now and we got to we got to do what needs to be done. And what I really like is that it feels genuine. It feels like it was all earned. And especially when they eventually do morph, part of what gets me hyped every time I watch that scene is because all the characters are established. We know, we know, we all, we know who they all are. We know their backstories. We know their struggles. We know, uh, we know their personal chemistry with each other. We've had time to just We've had subtle, quieter moments like that campfire scene to just hang out with these characters. And uh, and so all the moments where they're actually coming together, the effort of teamwork feels earned. And I think that's uh, I think that was one of the strongest aspects of the writing, uh, yeah, you know, because because, uh, you know, Power Rangers has always been, you know, oh, like the team's got to stick together to save the day. But if you're going to take a grounded approach, there's going to be conflicts in assembling a team, especially since most of these kids, most of these kids are, you know, teenagers with major baggage behind on, you know, that they're carrying on their shoulders. And so for all of them to, uh, uh, especially with, uh, because, because I know a lot of people complain that the action doesn't kick in until the last 30 minutes, which I I can definitely understand. But at least from, uh, from my perspective, perspective you know i'm someone who appreciates uh you know character development and uh motivation acting and all that good stuff over you know just you know flashy special effects that i've seen a thousand times and if if there's no if you don't care about the characters uh then you know then the action just feels like nothing and i i will i'll i'll get we'll we'll get to the we'll get to the climax a little later because i uh that's where my complaints begin to surface, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll get there eventually. Well, I would I would just like to point out so like like and I think going on uh, going on your point, I think that's also due not just to the not just to the writing itself, but also again the chemistry that all five uh, rangers have. Uh, you can definitely tell that these are people who genuinely like care for each other or at least starting to care for each other. They really understand what makes them tick or whatnot. And they've, it's, it feels earned as you put it too. So I, I appreciate that a bit. And when they get their asses kicked and Rita's trying to figure out who, like where, where is the location of the Zeo crystal? And that's when you get to one of the, it's, it's, it's a very, it's heart, it's heart wrenching and really heartbreaking 
but you know, Billy is the one to sacrifice his life to save the rest of the team. And again, that, that also solidifies how, just how much Billy truly is the heart and soul of the team because it's him because it's because of him that the team are still willing to fight on. Um, and so Billy reveals it's underneath the Krispy Kreme. And she's like, what was that line again, Jeff? It's a Krispy Kreme. Is it a special place? It's a very special place. <laughs> every sorry yeah. i'm laughing yeah, i love Krispy cream to death but what the <laughs> fuck <laughs> yeah that was it's like hmm i wonder who put up a, a large portion of the budget looking at you Krispy cream side note i still need to get since i'm fully vaccinated now uh, i still need to go show i need to go to a Krispy cream show my vaccination card and be like can i get a free box of a dozen glazed donuts please thank you <laughs> I mean, what like what's preventing you from just going to every location and just just showing your card? And just just get just go to like five locations and just <laughs> just stack up on donuts. That'd be great too. But I wonder if they keep track of that as well. But <laughs> I'm sure that some of the, I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. But um, so yeah, Bill, so Billy is drowned. The Rangers. So Rita's like, I've got my I've got my information. And so um, they they take him back to the command center, his lifeless body. You learn that Zordon has been trying to get out, get out of the command center and like somehow revive himself um, into a more physical body. And so he could have easily so he could have easily used the ship's abilities to put himself in Billy's body and therefore reviving himself in the process. But Instead, he uses his energy to um, just revive Billy in general. And so that's because of this moment, the team now has a new resolution. And that's when you finally see them morph. Oh, yeah, nice and I love the morphing sequence. Yeah, and I especially Jason, love Jason does say it's morphing time, but he doesn't say it in the he doesn't say in the cheesy. It's morphing time. He just goes, it's morphing time. And, and I, 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 will, I will say, I think uh since we're at that point in the movie, I think we got to mention Brian Tyler's score. Yeah. How do you feel about, so, I mean, Brian Tyler, I mean, he's, he's done some good work in the past. I mean, the first movie I ever heard his music in was, in, was a movie called war, which starred Jason Statham and Jet Li. Um, it's actually, it's, I, in my opinion, it's actually not bad for an action flick. Um, but, uh, so if you're interested, check that one out. But, um, Brian Cranston has done quite, quite a, quite a, He's done quite a bit of scores in the past. Um, obviously, um, if anyone's listened to some of the movies in Marvel in the MCU of Phase Two, um, so he did. I think so. He took over for no. It was Danny Elfman who did the score for um, uh, Avengers: I do Age know of Ultron. Brian, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Tyler did the score for Iron Man Three. Yes, he did do the score for Iron Man Three. I think he actually did the fanfare for uh, the Marvel the marvel for marvel studios's intro did he at one point and then they the brought music for thor the dark world i believe he did too i could be mistaken everyone's um, favorite yeah everyone's favorite mcu movie <laughs> thor the dark world oh um, i think he but... did music for guardians one no that was uh no that, that was, was not the... him that was uh tyler bates yeah tyler oh, bates did oh, the sorry. score oh <laughs> uh, fun fact uh tyler bates did the score for Watchmen. um so i think jeff might like the score for that movie uh, but uh, anyways, um, but yeah, Tyler, Brian Tyler, um, he does a good, some, it, sometimes it's a hit or miss with him because sometimes they can be actually really action packed or they're just really bland and boring 
kind of like war that movie i just mentioned but um here he's able to take the classic mighty morphin theme and implement it into an orchestral form that offers that rock that offers that action-packed sound to it that really really packs a punch um and so i love i love the music the tone of music especially with the electronical part as you see the rangers fully morphed and they're just walking into frame in the camera and like fuck yeah it's like, morphin time baby like, oh yeah like that and uh i will say like i i absolutely love the uh the main theme that that he composes like especially if uh if uh, uh listen to it with a really good uh with a really good uh, speaker or sound system uh that main theme by itself and if you just really listen there's so many different layers of music with different instruments that are being implemented and it, it's such a unique score i mean i I honestly listen to it like every other day at the gym. You like that score so much, huh? Dude, I, I, I'm actually really surprised. That shit, get, no, that shit gets me amped. Oh yeah, and, and here's a little tidbit for you. Uh, you know, like uh, I love how when the um, when they're talking, like they they pour up themselves about how much they're screw ups, and after the morph grid opens to them, and Billy comes back. I love how during the morph sequence, if you look at the Yellow Rangers T-shirt, it says 1973 on it, and because. That was actually the year uh, Louis Trang, the original Trini, was born. She tra- oh, okay. tragically Is passed a... away in 2001. So I thought them including That's the right. year of her birth on that Yellow Rangers t-shirt was a nice tribute to mm. her. I think 1973 was also the year that um, Super Sentai also started, too, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. And it was a double tribute. Yeah, double tribute. What were you going to say, Jeff? Uh, I was going to say uh, uh, the uh, the ye- original uh, Yellow Rangers she passed away from a car accident, right? Yeah, it was a really tragic car accident, apparently. Oh, um, awful. Yeah. Um, so- I, I've seen there's actually there's actually a news. There's actually a news, um, not a news article, but like there's actually a news report of the funeral. And like so, Bill, um, oh God, David Yost, who played the original Billy, was interviewed. You can uh, Amy Jo Johnson, who plays Kimberly in the show she was also like interviewed for a bit you can just see and hear the pain in their voices um it's just really tra- it's really tragic but um, so, so i'm uh I'm, I'm curious uh how come uh how come her and uh, walter jones how come they didn't how so in the mighty Morphin power rangers movie right so why so austin jones i mean austin austin jones austin jones is a piece of shit um, um austin st john um walter jones and die Trang. so the reason why they didn't but i actually they were going to be part of the movie um however what happened was is so saban uh, it was a non-union show and also apparently the pay was complete shit um so when they want so they went to renegotiate the contracts because at that point the show had become immensely popular um ha- uh, basically saban said no you're still getting the same rate and um that's that and so austin walter and thigh were just like or tree we're just like we're done and it's not that they didn't want to leave the show they wanted to stick around it's just you know when the pay is complete ass um you better just you're better off going elsewhere at that point plus i heard well, plus I heard at the time they were just being worked to death because they were. I heard they were like, shooting oh yeah, yes, exactly, yeah. Well, because I heard they were filming. Well, I heard they were filming one of the seasons of the show and the movie like basically simultaneously. 
Yep. Yeah, this was uh this was season two. Um this was uh yeah, they're actually episode so they actually did do an uh, an arc in power in season two of Power Rangers where they actually did go the Rangers did go to Australia on a school trip. Um and then during that time that's when Rita and Zed got married or Lord Zed got married. And then there's actually and then the, while they they still shoot an episode, they actually take it there's another story arc that actually they're back in Angel Grove, but they use Austra- They still use Sydney, Australia, as a filming location um, to hide the fact that it's still Angel Grove. And so, um, yeah, they were shooting the show and the movie simultaneously at the same time. So, oh, yeah. yeah, these these guys were so over overworked and so apparently underpaid as well. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, this is this. I mean, don't get me wrong. The show is still amazing, but it's kind of shit, the work conditions. Yeah, and I think uh, the uh, Yellow Ranger of the movie and the season two, I actually met her at a Comic-Con a couple of years back. What a lovely woman. She's very nice. And, Karen Ashley, right? And, yeah, Karen she Ashley. She played Aisha, was that her character? Aisha, yeah. yeah. She's yeah. very nice, and I asked, I asked her, what was it like to make the movie? She said, it was nice, but those suits were so fucking heavy, man. Well, not those words exactly, but she pretty much said they were heavy. Right, right. But so I guess that I guess I mean like obviously the suits in that in the in in the ninety five movie were super heavy. But like, have what do you, have you how do you feel? Oh, was, was that? Uh, no, no. What were you gonna say? So I heard initially they were uh, uh, they were gonna try to film the suits without the faces, and just and you were just gonna see the actors, uh, you know, regular faces. Uh, like the mask would only. Kind of cover uh, cover the side of their faces, and they shot one scene with it, and they're like, "This looks awful." <laughs> yep. And so that they is, so that they, is true. That is true. And there and actually I, is a picture still of this. Yeah, that looks awful. <laughs> it does. So they definitely made they definitely made the right choice there. Yes, they did. Um, and then, um, so how do you guys feel about the suits in this movie then, compared to the '95 movie? Mm, I like the suits fine. I guess me being the fan I am, I guess I would have preferred the suits look more like they do from the show, just kind of updated. Like, take Marvel Comics, if you will. Marvel will take the looks from the comics and say, we're going to recreate this, but make make a new version that looks like the comics in live action, like they do with the suits. I would have preferred something like that for the suits, but these ones aren't half bad. So as its own thing, I I, I think they're I think they're perfectly fine because I mean if because uh, I just I don't know how you would make the make the traditional looking suits look more presentable in uh, with this type of established tone. Uh, I, I feel like it would stick out kind of like a sore thumb. Uh, so I mean if they were going to so I think you know having all the enhanced detail on the suits uh i i felt like it was a unique update that uh, didn't really compromise uh you know, the overall gist of, of what it's supposed to be mm-hmm. so i mean for me yeah i mean for me i i actually like the suits quite a bit i mean i like how they're they give more of an alien vibe to them so that they're not they're not just you they're still you there's still subtle hints to them that look like the original Ranger suits, but I like the new updates to them. Um, I like how, yeah, again, they've looked very alien. They're a little bit more, I wouldn't say streamlined, but they definitely, they definitely feel it's almost like wearing organic armor almost compared to the act, the original suits. The way they get their weapons is kind of nice. Like it just comes out of their suits instead of like calling it out. Oh yeah, by the way, Jason is the only one to have a weapon in this movie too. Like the other rangers just rely on their martial arts. 
That's it. So, but yeah, so we finally see, so after they morph, they finally fight the putties and it's a really, I, I actually, I love seeing them fight in the suits. I just wish there was more of it because then I, we get to, I, what I, were you going to say? say? I, I will say like, I, I thought it was pretty cool uh, seeing, seeing them fight underwater. Uh huh. No, that was great. I actually liked that bit too. Um, and what I also liked too was the team dyma- dynamic underwater because they actually gang up on the putties quite a bit in the underwater portion of that uh, group fight. And I'm like, I love, and this is, again, it's the culmination of them finally coming together as a team and really working together and understanding each other. And then, um, you know, uh, they get overwhelmed by the putties, but Zach's like, I'll be right back. And he gets his Mastodon Zord and he finally figures out how it works. And then in the meantime, you see Rita has started to form one of the biggest mistakes in the movie, and that is Goldar. And I think Goldar, what the fuck? (laughs) Wonder Woman 84 had a better Goldar costume than this. So did Power Rangers Beast Morphers. Yes, they did too. But uh, they made Goldar Goldar just a generic fucking monster and not a, I am here, my liege. Empress Rita, I am here. Yeah, I didn't. I will do your bidding. Um, Yeah, if if I'm being honest, I think the climax in general is pretty weak. Uh, yeah, that's always been like, like the one element fault of the movie where I was like, this is where it kind of dips for me. Yeah, like like when the action finally kicks in, uh, I feel like the, uh, well, for one, I feel like the editing is really choppy. Uh, they don't hold on shots for very long, and so you're not really able to get immersed in any of the action. It just feels like, generic cgi fight playing out that you've seen in tons of other movies yeah, and, and I uh hmm? i i did like that they uh that they used the the actual song i i thought that was awesome i was gonna bring that up too because what i like is that so instead of a dubstep remix or whatnot they took the they took the rock ballad version used in the 1995 movie and put it in there and i'm like fuck yeah because i i remember when i heard it in the in the theater i'm like fuck yes <laughs> Yeah, yeah it's, it 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 kind of reminded me like when uh like when in uh Godzilla King of the Monsters when they finally used the classic Godzilla theme. It's like fucking thank you because I don't know <laughs> I don't know why all these reboots don't use their original themes because it's like because I don't think any of the Transformers movies use use the original Neither did theme. Ninja Turtles. No, Ninja Turtles never used it in an original theme. Oh, wait, I have to say, even Flintstones uses its original theme song in live action. And that's a piece of shit movie. <laughs> okay, yeah, that, that Flintstones movie, it's a bad movie, but the casting, aside from Rosie O'Donnell, is pretty fucking <laughs> I love how you're like, everything except Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> well, the, the, I mean, pr- I mean, pretty much anything involving Rosie O'Donnell. I'm like, this is great, except Rosie wait, O'Donnell. Wait, wait, hold on. Are you Tor- saying a leave like- their own is not good? <laughs> I've never seen it. Okay, okay, so you might want to watch that movie first before you say that. I'll just say that much. All like, right. oh, I love Tarzan, except for Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. I like that movie. Um, so, but yeah, they, so yeah, they go and so they finally pilot their zords and they're fighting all the putties in Angel Grove. It's like a giant CGI fest. Um, I lo- I do like at one point where like um, there's a there's a yellow like Mustang that uh jason destroys with his t-rex or he's like sorry bumblebee i'm like <laughs> no. i'm like take that transformers um uh but i the other criticism i know too is that 
Uh, we mentioned it earlier. You guys are like, why did they bring in Kanye West's power song into this? <laughs> that, yeah, I mean, that that song, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, even with the in the context that it's used in, it feels so out of place and just feels like, I mean, we got to. I mean, it worked. It, like we, we, we got to sell a song. I mean, it works for the trailer, but it doesn't work for the movie. I mean, I, I thought it sucked in the trailer and it was even worse <laughs> in the movie. I would uh, say I, it was think, it was I better mean, in the trailer, but not for the movie itself. So it, I think the only the only moment that really sticks out to me throughout the whole climax is uh, is when Jason goes to to save his father from uh, from the the burning truck. Oh yeah, uh, there's a nice little reference to some other uh, Power Rangers locations in the series. What was it? What was it, Josh? You would know better than I do. Oh, uh, he says like, I'm at Mariner Bay and Reefside. I caught those. Mariner Bay, home of the Lightspeed Rescue Team, and Reefside, home of Dino Thunder, or Eric's favorite mm. season. Yeah, Dino Thunder is my favorite season. Um, but um, So yeah, so Goldar arrives and uh, the Zords, their Zords are being pushed into this giant. So by this point, at this point, Re- by the way, there's one shot I love is so Rita... Um, <laughs> Rita has arrived at the Krispy Kreme. She's like, to the Krispy Kreme. And I love like during as the Rangers and putties are fighting, there's like a moment where she's actually kind of, I think it's, she's listening to, I don't know if it's Beyonce or Destiny Child, but she's listening to I'm a survivor. Um, and she's eating a Krispy Kreme donut. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's a nice cheesy moment. Oh, so is a lot of other things. Like I love how when she makes Goldar grow, she lifts from the show. Make my monster grow. It's funny because I remember uh, Barbara Goodson, who voiced uh, Rita back in the day. She was like, uh, there are a lot of bloopers in the recording booth. And he's like, you can just imagine all the ones with uh, Make My Monster Grow back. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, those jokes are great. <laughs> but yeah, so so uh, there's a hole blown up in the ground where Prissy Cream used to be. And you see the, the you see the Zeo Crystal and the Zeo Crystal in this series is meant to, in the movie is meant to be like the source of all life in the universe or whatnot. And so um, the Zeo crystal is what powers the uh, earth or, or keeps it going. And if the Zeo crystal is destroyed or whatnot, earth is dead in the process. Um, and so she tries to harness the, the crystal. And so the Rangers fight Goldar, but um, the Rangers are in there. Are, the Zords are still like individualized. They're going to be pushed off into this fiery pit. Um, and so they all, J- Jeff mentioned it earlier. Jason looks like Kimberly with concern and compassion and you see the the resorts fall. Um, but then you see some like transformation going on as the Zords come back into one giant Zord and it is the Megazord. And I don't know how I feel about the Megazord. You guys, it, um, it, it, it looks like discount Optimus prime. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't. The, the original Zord, the original Megazord look and the original Zords themselves look great. I mean, Individually, the Zords look fine. You know, they're like modern alien updated versions of the classic Zords. But I, mean, I, I miss I, 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 I miss the original look of the original Megazord. I mean, in terms of the Zords, I think the only one that uh, I mean, I guess like the I think the T-Rex looked the best. But I mean, like aside from the pterodactyl and the T-Rex, I don't I barely know like what else what everything else is supposed to be because um, it, it's kind of it, it's kind of it's kind of a, sword is supposed to be a triceratops uh the black one's supposed to be a mastodon and the yellow is supposed to be a saber tooth right and yeah, I, I feel like tiger. i feel like that's it's like yeah because i i i got that because uh because I, I think that's what they were in the original show but yeah they were 
but I think just the uh, the designs could have been a lot better. I think so too, mm-hmm. and they don't really look like dino things come together into a dino megazord on and when they do it. it. It's it's too weird. No, the, That's the probably it looks like this it... weird. Well, it looks the, like this weird streamlined version, but what were you going to say, Jeff? I was going to say, that's probably why they, they had the Megazord transformation done like in a giant fiery pit, just just so you, you don't have to question like how the fuck they actually all came together. Because I'm, yeah. I'm sure like, I'm like, I'm sure all the designers were just like looking at all the individual individual Zords and they're just like trying to mash them together. Like, how the fuck do we, how does this work? <laughs> I don't know. How, I mean, so also the cockpits for the Rangers themselves. I mean, I like the cockpits, but... I wish they had come to. I mean, I do like the idea that um, each ranger went, uh, controls a certain limb of of the Megazord. Uh, I like how Jason is in the centerpiece, and then like the rest of the rangers, like uh, like Trini. No, Trini controls uh, the right leg. I think Billy controls the left leg. No, no, no. One of them makes a move, and then I think it's I think it's definitely um, what should I call it? It's Zach who controls the arms, um, yeah. but. I, I I do I do like how they're trying to. It's basically almost like Pacific Rim. How like help us move right arm this right arm that. It, I I like the idea, but it's kind of the execution itself is kind of shoddy. I, um, I do I do like how uh, how they they trip on their on their first step. I, <laughs> that was funny. I did like that. Uh, so yeah, it's because honestly, like I I never. That's why the, this movie is. It's it's a weird anomaly in a way because like I, I do like it a lot, but it's it's it just gave me such the polar opposite experience that I went in expecting because I I went into Power Rangers and when the actual Power Rangers were on screen, that's when I cared less. And I'm like, oh, give me more campfire scenes. Yeah, I was like, because that's honestly the most the most I, I was engaged. because I'm like, I like these characters just hanging out talking to each other. But like when they're actually getting into CGI fights, I'm just like, eh, whatever. Cause it's something you've seen probably a million times over and over. Well, plus like, uh, plus, like I said, the, the editing is, is a fucking mess. Uh, mm-hmm. like, I, I don't think they do the, uh, they, they do the quick cut editing, which I can't stand. Like pretty much every shot doesn't go past like three, yeah, or, like, like three mean, to five seconds. And the, the only scene I, I did like the was, uh, like I said, was when uh, was when Jason's going to save his dad. Like I just like that moment where he, uh, you know, he just says Sam, and just and like reach and like re- reaches for him. Like I, yeah, I, did, like, I, I thought that was a, that was a really touching moment. Me, were you gonna say, Josh? I was gonna say I think the director of this movie is kind of mixed. Like when it came to him directing the actors to do like the emotional moments, the campfire when they first turn into Rangers, the first two acts in general. I think he did a good job on that, but I don't think he does direct action sequences because yeah, they're mm-hmm. they're choppy. It felt out of place. It was anticlimactic. Even the final battle for me was anticlimactic. I mean, they defeat Rita by literally bitch slapping her into space. That That's right. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Did you just slap her? <laughs> Yeah, I did. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how. And then you see, Z, you see Rita. She's all frozen up in space, and apparently she's still alive or whatnot. But so, wh- how this movie ends, and this is going to be our segue into um, what the fuck Alliance is. So, like, they're all in detention together, but this time they're all happy. Hold up, to you're going to skip over Jason David Frank and Amy Joe Johnson? Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Oh no! Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> fuck 
I forgot about you that. You call yourself a fucking fan? No, I know. God damn it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I for, I told her. So yeah, so uh, um, you see, so you know, the Megasword's there, and like the Rangers are being loved by everyone, and then you see the original Green Ranger, Jason David Frank, and the original Pink Ranger, Kimber, um, Amy Jo Johnson. They're like they're oh, the oh, first to really me. like. What? <laughs> Oh, hey, Amy was like one of our first crushes back in the day. So oh, yeah. come on, it's actually, totally valid. Tidbit, you know that last, that actually isn't their first cameo. I saw a deleted scene. Their original cameo is supposed to be like you know, like that scene in the movie where like Trini and Kimberly are like flipping in like a, a donut, and they're just like looks like they're. Flirting. That's right. I saw that clip. Yeah, and you actually see like, Tommy. You actually see Jason with long hair again. <laughs> oh my god. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So, but yeah. So. They're the first to, re- and they're actually wearing their Rangers colors too, which is so fucking great. Yeah, and I, <laughs> but you actually see, you actually see them like they're the first to pull out their phones and applaud and record or whatnot. Yeah, and the rest and of the town applauds. Side note: I've been to a lot of conventions, and Jay Z, Dave, and Frank is one of the nicest human beings I've ever met. I have yet to meet. I, I actually, um, I remember when he came to Wizard World for Sacramento back in 2014. Um, so there's a so at the panel, I'm the first person to talk to him, and uh, obviously I should have just shut the fuck up. And but after I just gushed over him so badly, and I just should have just skipped right to my question from there. But like, there, it's on YouTube for everyone to see. <laughs> oh man, I'm, I'm totally searching for that later. I'll send you the link actually. Um, so, but and I'll send it to you too, Josh. But yeah, so the Rangers they go back to detention, but they're all handy dandy, and it ends on there. And then you get a mid credit scene, and it's like Tommy Oliver, Tommy Oliver, and all you see is a green jacket, and you're like, yes, Tommy's going to be in the sequel. And then the movie bombed. Yeah, and I think I think one of the reasons why the movie didn't do so well either, just because of from the stiff competition either. Because I don't think they marketed it very well. The marketing was shit. Um, I think uh, I kind of have a uh, a theory. I think so. I mean, overall, the uh, everyone went in. Uh, the people making this movie had very good intentions, and I think they overall crafted a very well done movie that. Uh, kind of falls flat on its ass during the climax, but two thirds of this movie, I think, are genuinely very, very good. And however, I think the uh, I think just because Power Rangers has maintained a uh, pretty much like one tone throughout its twenty plus year uh, lineage, and whenever you try to sell that to well, the fact that this movie was trying to aim for a teenage slash young adult audience, very few of them, I think, would show an interest in Power Rangers at that point because because at that point they're more into something like well, well, well because they have that they have that uh, they have the same perception that someone like me did. Like they they look back and just think it was just some dumb shit I watched as a kid. And when yeah. you try to when you try to say, oh, it's a dark gritty version, you just think how the fuck would that work? I don't care. Well, and it's not really a dark gritty version. It's more just, it's more of a grounded version, a realistic grounded version that still actually stays true to the original tone. We'll, just we'll, with a we'll, we'll even modern saying, update. We'll even saying that a, it's a grounded power Rangers like that. 
that sounds like a weird concept that you don't know how that would even work. And even when I tried to recommend uh, recommend this movie, I and I and I tell them it's actually not it's actually not bad. They they kind of scoff like, okay, and <laughs> that sounds and, about right. And so I think uh, so I think that uh, so I, I I just feel like the market or the demographic this movie was trying to cater to was too niche. And if it had a, if it was released at a better time of the year, it might've had a better chance to at least make back its budget. But I don't think this movie would have been successful regardless, because Mm -hmm. I feel like the, while there's definitely a passionate power Rangers fan base, I don't think it's big enough to support a, a movie on this scale, like with this much money behind it. Yeah, and it, and that's that's one of the biggest tragedies too, because this movie really has a lot of it, it potential, does. and it actually truly is a really good film. In the well, well, plus, like things. it's uh, well, it, the main Power Rangers demographic is kids, and I think this movie would either bore kids or would be too scary for them, especially with uh, with the opening scenes of Rita. Yeah, I would agree with that. But so it's uh, and it's kind of a shame because I felt like this movie did take some risks and mm-hmm. I commend the hell out of him for it because I think for the most part it works. And uh, judging by what you guys were saying, there's a bunch of, you know, little nods and tributes to, uh, to past uh, Power Rangers franchises. I think that it sounds like this movie did, does respect the source material. And so it, uh, I felt like all the, all the good intentions were there. I just mm-hmm. think selling it to a uh, to a wide mainstream market was destined to not perform as well, and I'm honestly surprised that it didn't even perform well in international markets. Ah, uh, damn. Which is a real damn shame. I mean, because this movie flops so hard, I'm actually writing my own fan fiction of a sequel. Well, it's funny you mentioned that, Josh, because today I actually because I had an idea back in the day of how I would do a sequel. And I actually finally typed it out today. So um, if you guys will indulge me, here's how I would have approached a sequel to this. So it's a Tommy movie. Um, Tommy's introduced. He's a complete outsider who is a badass in martial arts, especially knives and swords. And so who, who would you have cast? That's pretty tough because um, I honestly don't know who I would have cast. I wouldn't have cast someone huge. I probably would have cast someone who is kind of up and coming, but not really someone big name. Do you have an idea in mind? I don't. I, don't, uh, I would like to just cast someone unknown because it's known for that. And it seems to work. I mean, the rest of the Rangers were kind of relatively unknown as well. So, I mean, it would have followed. It would have made sense if they followed suit. But yeah, anyway, so um kimberly he tommy meets kimberly first and she she's his main connection to the group uh they take a very instant liking to each other almost um the rest of the rangers especially jason take a little more getting used to him um the green power coin has separated from rita and has returned to angel grove but the centuries it spent with rita has caused rita's influence to corrupt the coin uh tommy discovers the coin and it makes him the new green ranger he helps the Rangers fight off like various enemies, but he does not join the team or reveal who he is right away. Um, the coin starts to corrupt him every time he morphs. So by the middle, by the second of the middle act, or I would say even before 
even by the beginning of the second act, he's become completely corrupted. He's become green with evil. And so mm-hmm. meanwhile, um, there is a so side note, there is an actual comic book called Aftershock that came out that was meant to serve as it's the official sequel at this point. But um, they introduced a, a group called Apex, who's like this a- clandestine agency. Um, they're like a little government group. Um, they're they're conducting research on the Zeo crystal, which attracts the attention of Lord Zed, who has arrived and hiding on the moon with his armada. And uh, he's just and his main goal is to obtain a piece of the Zeo crystal for his own purposes, which I'll get into later. Evil Tommy falls under Zed's influence, and he easily defeats the Megazord with his Dragon Zord. Um, and also, he kind of divides the Rangers up, if you will, and so. Kimberly is the first to discover that Tommy is the Green Ranger. Um, that's somehow the Rangers get together, get back together, and you know, teamwork and whatnot. And so Zed's, like I said, mentioned Zed's goal is to harness a piece of the Zeo Crystal that Apex has obtained for his new weapon. He sends Tommy to retrieve it, and the Rangers fight him at Apex's base. Now the crystal is taken by Zed, but not before the crystal itself engulfs the Green Ranger in a white light. The Rangers take a comatose Tommy to Zordon and Alpha, who see that the green power coin was purified of Rita's influence and has now become a white power coin. Zordon has Tommy connected to the grid, and Tommy is not only brought out of the coma, but has now been cured of evil and becomes the White Ranger. And so Zed turns the Dragon Zord uh, using a piece of of the crystal, a piece of the like, crystal, um, and he turns it into Zerpentera. Yes. And so the now six rangers come together to fight Serpentera. Tommy uses Tommy pilots his new um, tiger white zord? tiger zord to fight Serpentera, and they actually combine. It actually combines with the Megazord to destroy Serpentera. And so Serpentera, so Zed survives and retreats, but he swears to return. And so Tommy officially joins the team and has finally earned everyone's trust. And he and Kimberly become a couple. And that's that actually is, pretty close. That's how I would have done a sequel. That's actually pretty close to my story with some changes. Like in the in mine, I opened the movie where the last one left off. Rita's on the moon. Two astronauts are on it. They come across her body. Just like we just found this person on the moon. They're calling it the NASA. Kind of like the original pilot. Yeah, something something like a nod's a day of the dumpster. She kills the pilots and then takes it back to Earth. And then I think I was going to keep the grounded approach from the first movie and have Tommy like. His father's an asshole. He abuses him. And the plot twist is that the astronauts killed at the beginning were his aunt and uncle. Mm, okay. And, and I would have had it where the green coin doesn't corrupt him. I, in my version, it would have happened where he doesn't want to be a ranger, but Rita, like, puts the coin on him. Like, You're, if you won't fight for me, I'll make you. He, in, in my version, Jason and Kimberly would have been a couple because they were already establishing that in the first movie anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> but oh, actually, so, oh sorry go ahead no no no, go ahead i mean yeah because I, I was gonna say uh because uh, I, I always imagined that lord zed would have been implemented in in a sequel and honestly i would have been really intrigued to see how they would have interpreted uh interpret him uh especially like in this kind of established uh established lore and uh i'm thinking like i uh you know what would i do with uh with some of the rangers to uh to uh, to develop them in the in the next movie, and uh, one of the things that I would uh, one of the things that I I think would be cool to do is uh, actually have uh, have them all graduate high school, and they're struggling to 
all kind of find their find their ways post uh, post high school, you know, trying to find their way in the world. And yeah. maybe uh, at that point, uh, maybe even in the beginning of the movie, uh, Zach's mom passes away. I was actually oh, going to do that, that would have been That and, would have been really powerful. And yes. I think that would be good. Now I have no one left now. Where do I go? And then he could just like live with one of them. Like, okay, he, he can live with Jason yeah, there, or with yeah, Billy. It, it, exactly. And, and maybe, uh, I'd say maybe even implements uh, some elements of, uh, of maybe like uh, Superman 2 or Spider-Man 2 uh, trying to balance the uh, the superhero life along with just being uh, uh, you know along with like a with like a normal mundane life uh, just I would also I would also throw in maybe we can see we can see uh, Trini explore more of her sexuality like maybe she meets she meets a girlfriend like she meets a girl that she likes or and maybe she has a love triangle with a boy and a girl and she's not sure who she's who she's in love with or whatnot. Yeah, exactly. Um, that would have been cool too. That would have been great to see too. Yeah. And, and that's kind of why, like I, like all the, all the intriguing questions I, I have regarding a sequel, all focus on where I want to see the characters go next. And I feel like that's, ah, that's what bums me out the most because I, it's so really frustrating. Yeah. too. I, cause I, I, I like all these characters and I, I want to see, I want to see what else would be done with them. Like I, yeah. I want to see how they would progress in future films and see how their, uh, see how their dynamic is further challenged or see how they would, uh, like maybe give, um, uh, I don't, I don't know if I would say a new director because the, because I felt the direction with all the characters, uh, you know, just like all for the first two thirds is really solid, but it's just the direction of the action. That's pretty sloppy. Well, so. maybe you could have, maybe you could have handled you. Maybe you could have brought in someone who, who would probably know how to handle the action sequences. Yeah, um, I yeah. mean, that's the whole point of a first unit and a second unit. First unit deals with all the dialogue and all, all the dialogue scenes and all the character scenes. See, sequences and then second unit deals with all the action and stuff it, and so maybe if they had a better second unit director it would have worked out better exactly and plus with uh being that at this point you know all the uh all the dynamics are established and uh you know every and uh we get a good idea for where everyone ends up in a sequel we could guess we could just get straight to the point you know everyone's mm -hmm. established we know where they're at and it could be a far more uh a far more like uh, I feel like it could have had a better sell to people uh, because sometimes people just don't want to be bogged down in an origin story, especially when you say that uh, the Power Rangers don't show up for to the last 30 minutes of this two hour movie at face value. That could be off putting to people. But uh, this time around, since every since everything's been set up, you can just get straight to the point and you could have a more. Uh, like a more balanced movie with, uh, you know, with character and action, like even though, well, I mean, it would still be as it would still be a sequel. I mean, it would still be an origin movie, even, even with the other Rangers, because with the other Rangers, because you would still have Tommy thrown into the mix. And then, I mean, obviously Tommy just can't be just introduced as a Ranger writer right away. We need to see him develop and well, you can well, see that, that I, conflict well, and everything. Well, by that, I mean like an, an introduction to the world and yeah, uh, okay. like giving a basic idea of power relate, uh, power ranger lore uh like like what are you know what are the zords what are the what are the power coins what's this and that and uh and even though uh like i said the first two thirds i think are 
are very, very well done. Uh, you know, once all that is, you know, out of the way, you can, you can just sort of dive right in. Um, I'm curious about one thing, Eric, when we did use Tommy in this, would you have uh, done what the rumors were saying and made him a female or do we just stick with him I as a man? I did. I did. I do remember the rumors for that. I'm no, I mean, okay. Yeah. Going off of Jeff's point, realistically speaking, probably not because then, because then you're just making a female ranger. I mean, to be fair, you have three males, male rangers, then you have just two female rangers making a fem- a, th- a second female and uh, a third female ranger would help even it out. But realistically speaking, if you want to stay true to the lore, you make Tom, you keep Tommy a dude. Now the question is, would Tommy be, if you, if you're, what, what, what I, what gender I, de- I mean, what, what ethnicity would Tommy be, I guess would be the other question as well. But, um, but that's neither here nor there. It, it, what's what I, it's always more important to me still is always like making Tommy a good character, helping see the turmoil of him struggling to be struggling with who he is and struggling with the corruption of the green power coin being the evil green ranger and then hopefully becoming the white ranger as a result. I'm, I'm assuming you've seen the, the concept art. Um, for, for the green ranger suit. I mean, that's, I think most of those suits are all fan made. Um, well, well, but... no, well, 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 there was legitimate concept art released for, for the second film that was being planned. And it, it shows, uh, it shows what the green ranger was, was going to look like. Was he going to have his green, like his, uh, golden shield by any chance? Like his, like his, dra- um, like his vest. I'm looking at it right now and I'm uh I'm just seeing a sword. Actually I'll I'll send it to you right now. I kinda wanna see this. I do need to see this, but Josh, have you seen that concept art? I think I have, but maybe you can send it to me just in case. Yeah, absolutely. Uh I don't have your number, so I will have Eric forward that to you. Uh then you just messaged him on Facebook. I deleted my Facebook. <laughs> oh, that's right, you did. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, and that's right. The goal Oh yeah. I do remember seeing this. And the dr- and the uh, the the green the the dragon dagger would have become more like a almost looks like a cross between the dragon dagger and Saba the white the white ranger's uh, uh, saber. Um, so, so looking oh, at that's interesting. Suit, so looking at the suit looks like they were going to keep Tommy male. I don't see boobs. Mm, I mean, it would have been interesting to see that, but yeah. <clears throat> and the suit looks really good too. Man, yeah, and I think another thing I would have done for the sequel is I would have brought Goldar in. Yes, I realize he was in the first movie, but I think in this version I would have said, like an actual real Goldar. <laughs> yeah, like uh, they would. I would have just said this Goldar that we saw was like that's just something Rita made. She there was an original Goldar years ago. She thought mm-hmm. he died millions of years ago. He I want to see that pig dude from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Do you know who you really need to bring in for Power Rangers? Ivan Real Hero. No, no, no! The real heroes of the franchise. Bring in Bulk and Skull, and we'll no, have a proper Power Rangers Bulk movie. And Skull. <laughs> if you've if you heard no, if you've I'll, ever I'll, listened honestly, to Lin Cara, if you ever listened to Lin Cara from atop the fourth wall, he actually gives a legit reason as to why Bulk and Skull are the real heroes of the franchise, and it's actually honestly, a legit argument. Honestly, like I, I think I think it would have been pretty funny if uh, if that uh, that ginger kid that was uh, that was messing with Billy early in the movie if if it was implied that he was either Bulk or Skull. That would have been great. I think there was a theory that he is, that he was. Um, I could totally, I could I could actually kind of see that, like especially if he if he had like a like a backup bully or whatever. Yeah, the, <laughs> the way he picks on Billy, I would have thought he was Bulk. Uh, 
Oh, either way, guys, do we have any... Uh, so, overall, I think it's fair to say that um, it's a real shame that Power Rangers 2017 never got a sequel because this is honestly a really solid movie. It's, and it's, it's, it's a damn good It's effort. sad to see that the story is never going to continue. Yeah, if uh, it's... It is kind of a shame. Uh, I like I said, I I think the climax is pretty shitty for the most part, but I really dig two thirds of this movie. I love the character interactions. The casting is great. The acting, uh, the the motivation, the little moments that they share with each other, uh, them coming together as a team feels genuine. It feels earned. It uh, it feels it, it just feels organic and that's the last thing I was expecting with this movie. And I'm, I'm glad I was proven wrong because it, uh, it left me, uh, it, it left a very memorable movie going experience. And I'm, uh, in a way I, it makes me kind of appreciate the movie more with, with it not getting a sequel because it, uh, it makes me appreciate the smaller moments between all the characters just, just a little bit more. Yeah, I, I, I can I definitely can understand that. I mean, because honestly, the best scenes in the movie don't even have the, the Rangers morphed. It's like the campfire sequence is great. Um, the Rangers finally resolving to even though they don't have their powers, they're going to go fight Rita regardless because it's the right thing to do. Um, uh, yeah, just all the small all the small things between the Rangers really bonding with them overall. And the and a part of it, too, again, is just how well the, the chemistry between the cast members are um, it is. It's, it's, it's incredible and more phenomenal even. <laughs> and I'm really sad that we're not going to see this continue. But um, what did you think, Josh, overall of this movie? Yeah, I'm with you guys. I think it's a damn shame this didn't get a sequel because you know, you know, we've been fans of this forever, so we know the potential this, this had. But unfortunately, fucking Lionsgate ruined it all. No, no marketing, putting it in a shit month. But for the competition, it's like, do you want this movie to die? Hey, because you just killed it. Yeah, it's really sad about that. But, but in the end, I mean, I mean, I, I, I don't. It, when they do, when they do another Power Rangers movie, I actually really hope they don't do the '90s thing, I mean, the '90s time travel thing. I'm hearing they. Would. I want them. I, I really hope they don't, because that just that just cheapens it. Because. Do you, do you know what the problem with the problem with that is, is because like a lot of another big problem I have with modern mainstream blockbuster movies and Hollywood in general is that they're playing off of nostalgia because I mean, Stranger Things, 1980s, Wonder Woman, 84, a major 80s movie. And that was a major mistake because they just should have said that in the in the modern day. It would have made a lot of things made more sense. Um, and yeah, they're just playing off in the nostalgia game. And I'm, so apparently I'm, then I'm sick of nostalgia, honestly, it's, uh, cause I feel like every, every few, every few years they're going through, they're going to just recycle different decades. And I feel like right now we're starting to gradually phase into early two thousands nostalgia. So it's just an endless fucking cycle. And mm-hmm. this just feels like a, uh, it just feels like a really piss poor attempt at. Like, oh, you remember Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, don't you? And I, I don't know, because I, I think with, uh, at least with, uh, with this movie, they, um, even though the, uh, even though the sequel didn't happen, just looking at what we did get, it was a, it was a damn good effort. 
and it's and again, it's a real shame because this definitely this is a this is a this is a really great for, forgotten gem of tooth. I wouldn't say unforgotten, but um, this is just a nice. It's an underrated gem from 2017, mm-hmm. and as I said earlier, Justice League 2017 sucks when you watch compared to this movie. Um, well, this I mean, this movie did it so much better. And uh I'm I think I think even I'm glad with, that the Snyder Cut still exists. <laughs> well I think even with um you know if this movie did get if this movie was a hit and got uh you know got the sequels made, I think uh even in retrospect th- this would have been a valiant effort at a at like at a first step in a larger story. Mm-hmm. So all right, well, uh, Josh, I really want to thank you for coming back and doing the show with us. This was a treat, and um, yeah, anytime we talk about Power Rangers, it's always a pleasure. And I'm like, we have to bring Josh back, and I'm I'm really glad that um, you're here, that you're here to come back and talk with us again. And uh, please come back. I really appreciate you oh, talking. I love to do these podcasts with you guys. Any more you want me to be part of? Call me up. I'll be there. Hell yeah, man! Will. Absolutely, we'll take you up on that. You know what? You know what'd be interesting if we actually got Reese to come in with Josh and see how they would interact with you. Yeah, like, interact with you guys. I say like an hour before we did this, like we should do Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I because I remember Reese said in a, in our four hour special that Reese was like, uh, "Yeah, uh, Hobbs and Shaw is like one of the dumbest movies I've ever seen, and I fucking loved it." And I'm like, "Hobbs and Shaw, talk about wonderful. that movie." Yes, it is. <laughs> it is wonderful. <laughs> it is a beautiful. It is a. I wouldn't say it's a train wreck because it's it's actually competently made, but like it's a beautiful, dumb it, action movie. It, <laughs> it 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 reminded me of of like crazy '90s action movies like Con Air or something. That if you, oh yeah, it feels like feels like the director just did a huge line of cocaine before every <laughs> every shot, and it's wonderful. <laughs> so so hopefully if they make another power rangers movie the action will be almost on par with hobbs and shaw let's just put it that way um so anyways be sure to follow the show at tnapcast on instagram that's t-n-a-a-p-c-a-s-t be sure to subscribe to the youtube channel like and comment on videos there and give suggestions for future episodes uh be sure to follow the shows on spotify and apple Podcasts because those are the only two platforms they're on right now uh, I don't know if we'll ever branch out, but we probably will at some point. But uh, yes, Josh, again, I want to thank you for coming back. And uh, I think we will bring you are definitely coming back. We are definitely uh, we de- I know you definitely have a lot of other things to say. Of course, we have to bring you back. We have to talk about Jurassic Park at some point. And uh, yeah, that's that's um, that, that's that there. So for everyone here at Two Nerdskies and a Podcast, uh, this is Eric. And this is Jeff. Josh, you have anything else to uh, to add one more time? It's more for time. <laughs> Stay shiny, everyone. Have a good one. <laughs>